Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, the independent lifestyle desk's weekly podcast on love, dating and relationships. Hosted by me, Olivia Petter, lifestyle writer. And me, Rachel Hosey, assistant lifestyle editor. Dating today is a world away from what it was even just 10 years ago. With dating apps, millennials are finding it harder to meet people than ever before. And even when they do, who's to say we won't be ghosted, breadcrumbed or zombied? So that's why we decided to launch Millennial Love as two long-time singletons in their 20s, talking candidly about all of the things everyone is doing but not always willing to admit. This week, it's just Olivia and myself. And in honour of Sexual Health Awareness Week, we're going to be talking about, surprisingly, all things sexual health related, from the nitty-gritty of dealing with STIs to what you can do to prevent getting them. Yes, it's going to be a very gory episode. Yes, gruesome talk. Although, what we should say is we're also going to be talking about the stigma and so why we sh- actually we shouldn't be thinking of it as... Gory. No. Because they're not gory, actually. No. And, I mean, we will get into this later. <laughs> we'll get into it later. Yeah. Dating debrief. Rachel, what's been going on? Um, so, I have to announce that we are once again recording this podcast in advance because someone is going away and it's not me. Welcome to the past. Yes. <laughs> However, when this episode comes out, I will be the grand old age of 26. Oh my God, yes, of course. I know. Happy birthday to me. Um, so I feel like obviously I will be a whole new woman and obviously will be very mature and sophisticated and will not drink too much and will be very classy and attractive. And I think I'll be attracting a whole new breed of men. So speaking into the future, I'm probably going to be like engaged by the time this comes out. So yeah, look forward to that, to be honest. Engaged. Yeah, because I think it will probably just... I'll meet someone as soon as I turn 26 and then was that, everything will fall into place. Was that your age? <laughs> I'm sure you will. Mm. Was that your age? Like, you know, when you're younger and you say, well, oh, I want to be married by the time. No, I want to meet the person I'm going to marry by the time I'm 26. Be with them for like two years. Have kids. Do you have like that timeline? You know, I never had anything strict like that. However, if you'd asked me like 10 years ago, I probably would have said, meet the person at 26 be with them for like two three years get engaged at 29 get married at 30 pop your first kid out at 32 (gasps) but i mean that's what teenage me would have said but teenage me would have thought 26 was bloody old (laughs) and now i'm like i have no idea what i'm doing i can't adult yeah i think i would have said probably meet the person by like 27 28 I'm way off. I'm only 24. <laughs> I got ages. I'm only 24. <laughs> so I am so young. <laughs> <Piss off>. <laughs> <laughs> um, once again, you have not asked what's going on in my life, so I'll I just was tell you. Getting there, Olivia. God damn it! Like, give me a second to talk about myself first, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. Okay. What's going on in your life? Tell us where you're going to be when this comes out. I will be in Africa. Africa. Yeah. Now that's exotic. Mm, I'm very excited. Um, I will have probably finished watching Killing Eve, which is the current TV series I've been obsessing mm, it's over. On my list. It's brilliant, and 
one of the interesting things that struck me when I was watching it was that the assassin character in it, because there is an assassin, spoiler. Well, be careful with these spoilers now. Okay, female assassin. That's not a spoiler. Sure. That's the premise of the show. Sure, yeah, sure. And interestingly, she is... um, I think towards the end of the series, you sort of learn that she identifies as gay. Sure. And she's obviously a very, she's she's portrayed as a bit of a sociopath, as mm. an assassin would be. Mm, and yes. I can't help but think that it's it's interesting that they cast the subversive character as the lesbian. And I just I just wondered, you know, why why have we not seen more? main characters right in yeah. as yeah. as sexually but is the assassin not the main character no well, she's not she's oh. she's she, well it, she is the main character but she's sort of like she's the transgressive one and i can't help right. but thinking that not her identifying as lesbian is part of her like otherness yeah exactly mm. and that sort of bothers me it was like when we saw that headline i can't remember who wrote it a different news site did a headline like what gay and lesbian couples can teach us about love or something. Yeah. Which made it, the us made it sound really like, like they we're, were the other. Yeah, like the that weird. really bothered me as well. It's a part of, it's it's segregation and it's... Them and us. Yeah, and it, there's mm. there's just something mild, there was something mildly homophobic about that about that headline. It was a social sell um, for an article and yeah. it just, it made me feel really uncomfortable. And I just, I just wondered like, you know, why don't we see more... Uh, TV shows and films where the main character is gay and that isn't a part of their characterization in any way. They're just gay. You know so, like yeah. they are as if they're just straight. It's not something that's anything. It doesn't add to like some weird yeah. subversive thing to their character. It's just it's just a fact that is there. Do you know what's so interesting? I remember thinking this about um, body shape and size as well because I... I remember this was years ago actually, and I realise I mentioned High School Musical last episode, but I'm gonna mention it again. There is one of the women in the cast. God, I can't remember her name now. It's awful of me. But there's a one of the friends of the not one of the main characters, but obviously she's not one of the main characters because hello, that would be too much. <laughs> but she's a a large like a plus size woman. Mm. But there's never any deal made about her size when there are so many films like. Hairspray, for example, where it's very much like, oh, the hot boy will never fancy me because I'm a slight, I'm not a skinny girl. Mm. And that's like, there's so much made around the fact that you're not skinny and it's such part of the character, which is kind of the same thing. Yeah. It's like, why can't it just be, it's not a deal. It's not anything part of the story. It just, it just is what it is. Mm. Yeah, because it almost, as a viewer, it makes you, it gives you this idea. It's like, like a complex. Yeah, it gives you a complex and it conditions you to see that as not normal, in inverted commas. Yeah. Which obviously... Or like a flaw. Yeah, which provoke, which implies a stigma. So it's yeah. it's problematic. But, you know, aside from that, it's a very good show. Mm, yeah, so I'm still going to watch <laughs> but, it. Yeah, it's very good. Lovely. Okay, so for a bio of this week this week... I bio of a week this week... Yeah. Why this week? This week. Sorry. This week. This week. Yes. Next in time. <laughs> this week being my birthday fortnight because I've decided it's birthday fortnight. Yes. You didn't mention that it was your birthday. Please tell us again. <laughs> Can't wait. I hope I have been inundated with messages. So, 
yeah, buy of the week this week is from a boy called William. And I saw this on Hinge. And if you don't know, Hinge is one where you don't have a strict bio as such. You pick certain little questions and talking points to answer. One of which is typical Sunday, which is there obviously where you put what you do on a typical Sunday. However, William answered this with chocolate with sprinkles. I yeah. got it as in like an ice cream sundae. Yeah. That's not bad. I liked it. Cute. I was like, that's nice because mostly they go, hmm, lion, gym, pub lunch, pizza takeaway, film on the sofa or something. And Boring. I'm What's like, your typical sundae? I mean, to be honest, probably quite lion, similar to gym. that. Lion, <laughs> gym. Yeah, lion, gym, walk, meal prep if I'm extra organized, maybe brunch, you know. All these all, cleaning, very exciting. Laundry. Mm. What a wildlife you do lead. Sundays are great days. <laughs> What's your typical Sunday? My typical Sunday probably would be well. I don't lie in because I just can't sleep late. Yes, my, to be fair, I don't lie in, mm. but I have like a, a like a lazy start to the day, like lounging in my PJs for a bit. I I'm not very good at that. I normally, if it depends, if I'm hungover, I'll probably stay in bed feeling sorry for myself, looking for paracetamol. I can't stay in bed once I've woken up. Yeah, I find it difficult, but if I watch something, I'm okay. If I'm not hungover, I'll get up and go for a run as soon as I'm awake, and You're then a yeah, and then come back and be really smug and mm. have a nice long shower. Anyway, this is boring. Shall we? <laughs> shall we start talking about our topic of the day? Yes, I think <laughs> we should. So, yeah, actually, kind of the first thing I wanted to say is STIs versus STDs, sexually transmitted infections versus sexually transmitted diseases. I remember being at school, so. I mean, let's be real, it was about 10 years ago now because I'm getting so old. Um, and they were teaching us about this and they told us that we had to call them sexually transmitted infections rather than diseases because diseases was considered like like it was more a negative thing and there was it creating more of a stigma. However, I think people do very much use both, don't they? I think they use both, but you're right. I mean, like, an infection is a very different thing from a, a disease. disease. I think they should be called STIs. Yeah, I think, actually, on the NHS, I think it's referred to as yeah. STIs. It's not STDs. I think it's a better way to use it. Because, yeah. you know, you get an infection, there's nothing you can do about it. Now, do is this, does the same go for STIs? It's tricky because... You know, sometimes maybe you just didn't take the necessary precautions such as using protection, mm. right? And that is something that you have control over. But sometimes, you know, maybe you accidentally trust someone and they lie to you and say they don't have something when they do. And it's kind of like, what are you going to do about that? The main problem is that STIs and STDs, however you choose to refer to them, carry this stigma. There is this idea, universal idea, mm. that if someone has an STD or an STI, they are promiscuous. They have slept with a lot of people. Yeah. And that is why they have been cursed with this illness it's like you know black mark mm. you are promiscuous that's why you have this disease mm. or infection um which makes the idea of asking someone before you sleep with them and say you don't have a condom if you were to do the sensible thing and ask someone by the way do you have any stds or stis quite an insulting question no but i 
does talk. It shouldn't to be. Ask. But you should if always ask. Is, but the thing is, people would use the word clean as well. People like ask them if they're clean. Yeah. Which is it like not really okay because then it implies if you have something, it's dirty. Well, exactly. There's a lot going on here, but it's it's very important. First of all, it's if you are going to sleep with someone without using protection. It's a risk you're willing to take. You that need you to make sure you trust them as well. You if need to make sure you trust them. Seeing, yeah. You don't know them that well. And I have learned that, you know, you can think you know someone and trust them and then realise you're totally wrong. Of course. But I think it all boils down to us really needing to reframe the stigma around STIs. Like, for example, uh, stats from the Health Protection Report in 2017 showed that there were 422,000 cases of STIs diagnosed in the UK alone. That's a in lot. that one year. And and also, if you think about it, there are probably more people who had them that didn't realise, right? Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of them, like chlamydia, for example, you can have for a long time, no symptoms. This is why it's so important to get checked. This is why it is so important to get checked. So I would suggest every time you get a new sexual partner... Mm. Get yourself tested. Before or after you sleep with them? Ideally before, but you can't always plan these things, mm. Rachel. <laughs> well, sometimes you know in mind, you're like, mm, getting a bikini wax, we know what's happening later. Mm, getting checked, but you also need to give yourself a bit more time. And the difficult thing is, you know, when you're drunk, you obviously lose your inhibitions. Mm. So you'll be drunk, you might be about to sleep with someone, that person might not have a condom, you might not have a condom, and your drunk yep. brain might tell you, it doesn't matter. I'm sure they're clean. I and, trust them. And I also think the person is more likely to lie to you as well. And then in your drunk well, state... Well, in that situation, yeah, of course they're going to lie to you. If you're about to have sex. Exactly. And in your drunk state, you're not really thinking about it. You just believe them. And then the next day you're like, oh my God, I was such a moron. I've only been on three dates with this guy. He obviously said he didn't have anything, but how do I know if that's true or not? I wasn't thinking clearly because of all the alcohol. Yeah, and that's that happens all the time. Mm. But do you do you think where do you think the shame comes from surrounding STDs? Because we don't like I'm surprised it's taken us until now to even talk about it on the podcast. Like what I think mm. part of the reason why it's taken us this long is because even you and I, who talk about this stuff all the time, are conditioned to view STDs and STIs as sort of the the last remaining taboo in terms of discussions about relationships. Yeah. Because think about it, we talk about everything. We've talked about period sex, we've talked about contraception. like contraception, female masturbation, all these things yeah. that are, you know, thought Been of. We've been doing this for a year and we only just yeah. this. And we've only got to STDs now, which is so common. Do you know what's quite interesting though? Because my friends and I do sort of message about it. We're like, hey, got my test results, I don't have anything. And we're like, yay, congratulations. Um, and we do say congratulations. Because obviously, ideally, you don't want an infection. Because also there are cases, right, where it can be be problematic and it's not just something you take to me and it goes away, right? No, so if so okay, so chlamydia, for example. What it, are the most common ones? The most common ones let me look. Let me look at my useful list. The uh, most common ones well, I think the most common one is chlamydia. And then after that you've got gonorrhea, mm. genital warts, genital herbies, syphilis scabies pubic lice and then something i've actually never heard of called trichomoniasis i've never heard of that either no so the majority of these will not give you symptoms i think or no maybe it's just chlamydia that doesn't give you symptoms yeah i don't know well on the nhs website 
there are a list of a few symptoms like generic issues that you may encounter if mm. you are have if you have been infected things like unusual discharge from the vagina penis or anus mm. pain when peeing mm. lumps or skin growths around the genitals or anus Ouchies. a rash unusual vaginal bleeding itchy genitals or anus blisters and sores around the genitals or anus i don't think i've ever said anus so many times That's in my life quite a lot you did it brilliantly <laughs> i'm very impressed um, um i probably would have collapsed into a fit of giggles like a child so what i was going to say is uh, chlamydia if left untreated can actually render women infertile see that's that's a worrying thing that is that is a worrying thing so that is why it's important to get treated however if you do have it it is very easy to treat it is simply a case of going to the sexual health clinic and being given a course of antibiotics likewise if you have a partner or have had a partner who calls you and says hey BT dubs, I have chlamydia, just thought I'd tell you. Which is, by the way, the thing that you should do. You should definitely do that. If you get diagnosed with an STI, you should phone, I know it's embarrassing, but you should phone the people you've slept with or had unprotected sex with uh-huh. and let them know because otherwise you could be, you know, putting them at a health risk. Yeah, and then they'll be, could be infecting someone else. Exactly. So in that instance, yeah, you go, and even if that is true, you go to the sexual health clinic, you tell them, I have slept with someone who has chlamydia, please can you treat me? And they will give you antibiotics there and then. And it is free, exactly. Although sexual health clinics in the UK are massively underfunded and are dropping like flies. So there aren't very many of them and it can be difficult to get appointments. But what you can do, it's like going to visit the GP is you can call these places the morning of and if there are cancellations, they will give you an appointment that same day. Because also ultimately, you know, if you have chlamydia or any of the STIs we've mentioned, you want to get it treated pretty quickly. They know that. So they are going to try and get you seen. Um, If you want to take a test and for some reason you can't get to a clinic... Yeah, okay, so this is what I think is so brilliant. There are websites where you can order a kit Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. To test yourself. Yeah. So there's, I've actually done a couple of them just because I've, it's like, I find it entirely intriguing and also just to be safe generally. But I have to say, I recently did one having not had sex for months and I was just like, I mean, I'm just doing this for the lols. But um, there's one, if you go on shl.gov.uk, which is Sexual Health London, so one for the Londoners, and they send you a test that you do at home. There's like a little 
finger prick for blood and uh, a vaginal 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 vaginal. I said that too many times. Swab. Vaginal swab. Anus. <laughs> <laughs> Such children. Um, and you do it all at home. It's like arrives in this little cardboard brown box with no branding or anything so you know no one's gonna know what it is do it yourself send it back they like text you your results in like a day or two super braille um so if you like don't have time to go to a clinic or something and everyone i've never been to a clinic but everyone tells me sometimes there are long queues at weekends and stuff so you can do that yourself and that 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 tests for the four main ones anyway which is that will test you so yeah the at-home test tests you for hiv chlamydia gonorrhea Another one. And I think syphilis. Another one. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, that one is weird though, because I've, I've done it as well. And with the, um, the blood test, mm. you have to like squeeze this strange syringe and it just like pricks a needle into your skin. Yeah. Oh, well, I've had a blood test like that before. I've never, I, so I'd never had a blood test before and I was doing it myself and then you're, you have to massage your finger as you've got like drops of blood going into this vial. Well, I've got a very healthy <laughs> blood flow, so... It's not a problem for me. Got, did you not have to massage your finger? No, nah, I got blood for days, mate. Really? I was like bleeding all over the shop. Was it blue blood? <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was um I was thinking of the period adverts that show blue blood instead oh, of I red blood. Oh, I thought you were and royal. Reference yes, to, yes, sorry. Me being the aristocracy. Sorry, yes. Rachel is a member of the aristocracy if you yeah. didn't know it's that. It's actually Lady Rachel <laughs> of Leicestershire. <laughs> Lady Hosey. Yes. (laughs) Of course. Yes. (laughs) Um, Anyway, they're very useful. I think you should, if you want to get tested and you can't go to a clinic, you can't get an appointment, Mm. order these online and then they will send you the results. Totally free. Yeah, totally free. Send it back for free and everything. Yeah. And they will send you the results, I think, in like four days. I think it might be even quicker than that. Might be be even quicker than that. And if if you are diagnosed with something, they will call you and make sure that you get treated so fab yeah it's really good um, we're really lucky you know, to have that service i'm sure sh- uh, that's obviously one sexual health london i'm sure there are ones for other cities around the uk and around the world just do a little google there's another test i think another london-based one that i did but that only tested for two things so the shl.gov.uk i think is a lot better and i think not enough people know about it no they don't and and not not enough people are talking about it which is why there's so much mm. shame around them when there really shouldn't be because if you think also there is just no logic to the argument that someone with an std or sti is promiscuous because it only takes one person absolutely to infect you mm. one person yes you know probability would say that the more people you sleep with the more likely are you are to contract one yeah but it doesn't you're not increasing not your sign. chances no and also it's not a bad thing to have slept with more people anyway no exactly that is that's another stigma we need to change i was reporting on an interesting study today which found that british men think that young British women aged 19 to 28 or something have sex 22 times a month. Really? I know. When the truth is the average British woman in that age range has sex five times a month, which quite frankly to me sounds like quite a lot, but maybe it's different <laughs> if you're in a relationship. I'm so um, yeah. So I thought that was quite interesting. And men actually have sex the exact same amount, perhaps unsurprisingly, but uh, Interesting. both men and women thought that men were having sex on average 14 times a month. So 
Yeah, no one's having as much sex as everyone thinks they are. Or as much as everyone is telling people that they are. Mm, that too. Perhaps. Which is interesting if people are making out they're having more sex than they are. And yet we still have this culture of thinking promiscuity mm. and having a lot of sex is in some way bad. There's also a severe lack of education around them. So did STIs. Around STIs, yeah. So let me ask you, Rachel, mm. how do you think you get an STI? Um having unprotected sex probably mainly. I'm I'm iffy about oral sex. Is that a way? I don't know. So S yes, STIs, STDs can I have to keep saying both of them. Um you know, the infections or diseases, whichever floats your boat. Call them infections. Okay. The infections uh, are easily passed between people through unprotected vaginal, oral, or anal sex. Okie dokie. Equally, sharing vibrators or other sex toys that have not been washed or covered with a new condom each time they are used. That oh. can also pass the infection. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, okay. Hmm. Because most people... I feel like most people don't share... No, I mean, one would hope, but... <laughs> well, you know, people can do what they want. Exactly. But I think a lot of people actually don't know that you can get these infections via oral sex yeah, as well. Yeah, interesting. So it's important to be aware of that. Hmm. And, mm. yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky to have the conversation with someone because obviously if you're in the throes of passion with a new partner I know it sort of it's kills the, least, the vibe it a bit, kills the vi- it? well it, people say it kills the vibe to ask for a condom let alone asking if someone's infected with an STI I know you know like that's people enough people say oh god it's so awkward to do the condom fumbling when you're just about to have sex like worth it people think <laughs> people think it's more awkward to have the conversation but yeah i think yeah always have the conversation yeah 100 it's like when we discussed consent apps way back when and mm. we were sort of said you know that's got to be like to actually get an app out and be like um, excuse me should we just pause for a sec like do you consent to this yeah interestingly actually we should mention consent is the topic for this year's sexual health awareness week each year they oh, choose a new topic like a it has a theme yeah so this year the theme is consent well that's interesting mm. what do they what do they mean you know what well, I think I think they're just just speaking quite generally That's about quite different issues, to be honest. Yeah, it's obviously not about STIs. Um, I think it's just generally about good practice for a healthy sex life, and I sure. suppose this is more of a psychological and emotional mm. theme than a health and physical theme, mm. and is very important. Mm. And we have spoken about this on the podcast before. Oh, consent. absolutely. And like you said, consent apps, not always the best idea. No, not the one. Not the one consent apps. So I think we need to gradually break the stigma, which is what we say about so many things we talk about on here. Female masturbation, being single, so many stigmas we got to wear down. And we're getting there. And, you know, by talking about it, it all helps. Because it's not something to be ashamed of. Even if you end up getting an infection... Because maybe you weren't thinking totally straight and you had unprotected sex. Like that's the only that's okay. That's the only thing you can, you know, in theory, criticize in inverted brackets in, is that you in, weren't thinking at the time. Yeah. It's not that oh, I slept with so many people and now I've got chlamydia. Like no, that is not what happened. You slept with someone who was infected, and and also it's worth pointing out that just because you have an STI you might not necessarily pass it on to your partner. I've had friends speak to me about this and say that they have um, 
slept with someone who has an STI and not not contracted it themselves. It doesn't really? always pass. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, and also, I it pe- did. Pe- and also, pe- people lie about this kind of thing. People bear do that in lie. mind. Yes, you can't um, believe anyone. If you if you contract an STI and you think right, okay, I need to work out who I got this from. The people that you ask about it might be so embarrassed because they, you know, are affected by the stigma of STIs that they will lie to you and tell you that they're clean when they're not because they... Clean is not the word. Yeah, clean is not the word. Free from STIs. It's like clean eating again, isn't it? Like (laughs) clean eating, dirty eating. eating. (laughs) So it's like that. Um... But yeah, they 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 might lie. So don't don't trust anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely brilliant. That's the just lesson. get tested. It's the lesson to take away from this. Yeah, <laughs> don't trust anyone. Basically, as soon get as you've tested. finished listening to this podcast, go on shl.gov.uk SHL. if you live in London. Yeah, if not, make an appointment with your local clinic. Yes, and just get tested, just for peace of mind. Even if you have not had sex for months, yeah. if you've had sex ever, mm. probably get tested. Yeah. Just because it's free and it's better safe than sorry. And not just vaginal sex, anal sex, oral oral sex. (laughs) All the sex. All of the sex. Um, We hope you're having all of the sex. But if you're All of the safe sex. That's okay. Yes. Yes. The safe consenting sex. Yes. The safe consensual sex. Sexy. Um. (laughs) Let's do a dating dilemma. Yes. This is a good one. Okay. Thank you very much Mm. for sending this in. I will begin. During my three week... Ooh. I don't know why I couldn't say that. <laughs> Let's do it again. Take two. You got this. Okay. You probably got sex on the brain. Oh, I do. I've just got anus on the brain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> During my three years at uni, I never got past the stage of friends with benefits with any guy. This is partly due to the fact that I, just as many other girls, will often go for the bad boy types. But I also believe that it does not help that I'm six foot one and not the willowy stature of a supermodel. As a girl that men and boys often describe as big, it's highly difficult for me to ever date, let alone have any chance of ever having a boyfriend. You may find it interesting to know that I get more matches on dating apps if I set my height to below six foot. While being above this height, the offers seem to decline. I've just started working at a temporary job and through a slight miracle, I am de- I'm indeed working with a boy who is six foot five, my age and has just graduated as well. I thought that we were getting along great, not only as colleagues, but that our friendship as well was gradually improving. I thought that instead of jumping into bed with the boy, which up until now has been my usual and disastrous way of telling boys that I fancy them, which is never a good idea as I always seem to develop feelings, I decided I would slowly and gradually improve my friendship with him until something romantic developed. This was until a disastrous Friday night out last week in which I consumed an excessive quantity of rosé and gin. I only found out at work this morning through a female colleague of mine, bear in mind it was a Monday morning, that upon this excessive consumption of alcohol, I decided that it would be a fantastic idea for me to sit on so-called work boy's lap, place my head on his shoulder while flirting horrifically with no recollection of anything that was said. I have no memory of the evening whatsoever, so walked into work this morning happy as Larry. He obviously now knows about my said crush on him, and we sit together in a very small office for nine hours a day together. I've asked many of my friends and some have recommended apologising for said behaviour, while others have said that this would simply bring more attention to something, that they think he would have thought it was a drunken mistake. Do I speak to him about the incident or do I play it cool and act as though it never happened? I was really getting my hopes up as well, which in all honesty was entirely ridiculous from my end. Have I ruined any chance for future romance with the boy? Or do you think there is perhaps a way I can joke about this messy night and salvage something? 
Any reply would be totally and utterly appreciated as every single boy that I ever seem to fancy seems to sprint for the hills and I thought that this time I could play it cool but at last it was not to be. I would also be intrigued to hear your thoughts on the issues on the issue of height differences when dating as I know this has really shaped my time in the dating world wow I love this so much there's so much I have to say oh my god where do I start okay so this is like incredibly relatable to me in that or actually in so many ways okay six foot one is a fair amount taller than me I'm five foot nine but I'm still a tall girl and I have always found it an issue. I relate as well to the fact that I'm not willowy like a supermodel because I'm not skinny. I'm like just like a large human. And I have struggled with that as well because it's the societal thing about women must be petite and small and cute and men must be bigger. And so I always feel like I will emasculate guys. And actually just last night I was hanging out with my brother and his girlfriend. His girlfriend's my height. Freya, what up? Jamie, my brother, is six foot four. And Jamie was saying to Freya that he loves it when she wears heels and she's like six foot one, six foot two. And Freya was like, oh my God, really? And I was like, yeah, I'm always really conscious of wearing heels because then I'm six foot one, six foot two and I'm taller than a lot of boys. And even the tall boys, I think, might think I'm too tall. And I've, I remember a while ago talking to two male friends. They were both, I think, six foot four. And they said to me, the tallest they would want a girl to be was five for eight. And I remember thinking, are you kidding me? Like, you are like the tallest of men and you think I'm too tall. It's interesting what our listener says about she has more success with smaller guys because it's really interesting as well. I have found plenty of guys who are sort of my height, maybe an inch taller than me, really attracted to me and really fancy me. And I've always thought, they would find it emasculating and they would want a really tiny girl. But that doesn't seem to be the case. And I find it super fascinating that actually sometimes the the smaller guys like tall girls. I, I, I don't know. I think that's, that's really interesting. But I get that she was really excited about this guy who was six foot five. My friends always tag me in this meme where someone goes... Do I actually like him or is he just tall? Because that's literally the story of my life. I um, Well, we've discussed the stupid height thing before. But I can understand why she was so excited about the guy. I realise that's not really the whole dilemma she's asking about. No, I'm glad. I mean, that's why I picked this dilemma. Because I know that this is something that you feel quite strongly about. So I, I am, strongly. Yeah, I am not, I'm not as tall as Rachel. I am about five foot. I say five foot seven, but people tell me it's more like five foot six. But <laughs> I like to think five foot seven. Um, and I, I am definitely, I haven't noticed it as much from my perspective, but I am definitely more attracted to taller guys. Yeah, we all and, are. And that is a shame because that is something that I have been conditioned to think that men must be taller and stronger than me. Um, yeah. but it's definitely true and I'm fully owning up to that. Um, however, what this listener's story is about fundamentally is about embarrassing yourself or feeling like you've embarrassed yourself with in front a crush. Of, with a crush. Which, oh my God, was literally my entire teenage years with boys. That was mm. all I did. First Still kind of my adult years, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, more so. I just used to. I used to get very drunk when I was younger, and you know, I don't. You know, I don't drink that much now. Yeah. See, this is where we're reversed. Yeah. I didn't drink at so all as I, a teenager. No, and I drank a lot when I was younger, and made some really stupid mistakes, and used to black out all the time, which just terrified me. And I would hate waking up in the morning, mm. like I'm sure you did. This 
listener waking up and then hearing someone tell you yeah. oh you did you were so funny last night or oh my god you did this last night and it just fills you with this awful feeling of dread yeah. and guilt and you know it's just it's terrifying we were like oh god i remember that what else did i say what else did i do and it's particularly you feel particularly vulnerable in that situation when you're with someone that you fancy mm. particularly if you're with someone that you fancy who you work with who you're going to see every day um it's so a horrible feeling difficult. but to be completely honest with you i think in these situations it is best to just own up to it and make a joke out of it make fun of yourself address it early on and move on that's really interesting because my strategy with this stuff usually is like ignore pretend it never happened no i think it's so i think it's so it's such a good sign like if i if 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 the situation was reversed which it usually wasn't because i was always the one that was drunk but if ever it was if the guy would own up to it and be like oh my god i was so drunk i can't believe i said this i'm yeah. such an idiot I yeah. have a lot of respect for that person because I'd be like, yeah, it was funny, but ha now we can laugh at it. It puts you back on the same playing field, like on a, le on a level playing field, you see what I mean? It's interesting because we don't know how he reacted to it. No, that's if true. If he was enjoying it, flirting back. Do you know what? He might be thinking, oh my God, does she, does she rem remember that? Mm. Because... I mean, <laughs> here's a funny story. I uh, got very drunk at a work thing a while back. I'm not going to say when because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where I was working at the time. Uh, snogged a colleague. Of course I did. And then I did. I was just like, eh, well, there's nothing to say about this. So we're just not going to say anything about it until months later. <laughs> the guy was, we were still friends. It was fine. The guy was like, he brought it up and he was like, yeah, did you rem remember that happened? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I remembered. She didn't have anything to say about it. Like, but he genuinely had wondered whether I'd completely forgotten and just been so drunk I didn't remember because I didn't say anything, oh, which made me feel a bit bad. I was like, yeah, funny. no, I did remember. I was just awkward and had nothing to say, so I didn't say anything. Um, yeah, I guess what are you going to say? Be like, so, <laughs> yeah, so weakest. That happened. Ah, oh, uh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I felt I had nothing to say, but it's really difficult because you do actually like him. The thing is, presumably it's now been some time since this event happened. Yeah. So, and you've probably had a few conversations with him. Uh, so I think now it's almost too late to be like, oh yeah, do you remember that time like a few weeks ago and I was wasted and I lay down on your lap and was like, I don't know, stroking your beard. <laughs> like, don't, I'm not saying you were doing that. Um, <laughs> but I think maybe Rachel's tactic might be more advisable given the time frame. Or wait till it's next time in the pub. Don't get so drunk. But yeah. when you've got like one or two drinks in you, maybe make a joke about it and be like, ha ha, I won't sit on your lap this time. <laughs> Lol, sorry about that the other week. That's a really good idea. Do that and mm. let us know how it goes. Yeah, maybe as well. Play hard to get a bit, mm. you know? Maybe don't put your head on his lap again. Is that what you're saying? I don't think she put her head on his lap. Is that not she, what I said it was head on the shoulder, but sat on his lap. Oh. <laughs> Combined the two. Head on the lap is something. No. <laughs> head um, on the lap is a yeah. different thing. No, <laughs> don't do that either. Yeah, That's not she, playing she hard to get. She sat on his lap and placed her head on his shoulder. Got but it. to be honest with you, I mean, it's so, it's so relatable. And I'm even sometimes like, you know, when I have a crush, I'm sometimes, I sometimes just think, well, we just need to go out and get drunk together so then I can flirt and I'll be better at flirting and I can just be like, well, it was the alcohol. 
Exactly. Always you can blame on the alcohol. Exactly. And I think what you need to do is next time you go for work drinks, be chill about it, be jokey. But then assess the vibe. You could try and be a bit flirty and see if he's game. Read the verbal and non-verbal cues, as I always say. But I think ultimately you can still stick to your long game plan, which I think is a good plan, actually. Get to know him, form the relationship. And then what will happen is one time you'll get drunk and snog. And then the magic will happen. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. Good luck. Tell us how it goes. Please tell us how it goes. I mean, workplace romance is messy sometimes, but also often brilliant and can be a start of something lovely thank you so much for listening yay dear listeners thank you so much that is all we have got time for rachel i'll let you do the honors oh yes thank you well after last week's uh, shambles of the end of the podcast yes. <laughs> uh, let's let's stick to I'm the not script. gonna mess that up again no. <laughs> rachel go <laughs> thank you so much for listening everyone we really hope you've enjoyed this we hope you've learned a little bit about stis and i'm gonna have some good chats about it with your mates now go and get tested um if you've enjoyed the podcast please subscribe to Millennial Love, please rate us. Please review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. Yes, and you can also keep sending us your messages. Send us your STI test results if you like. Yeah. We'll congratulate yeah. you or tell, help you point you in the right direction mm. if you need some help. And that's mm-hmm. not something to be ashamed of. I'm going to stop talking now. You can <laughs> slide into our DMs hey, on Instagram at millennial underscore love or you can send us an email at millennial.love at independent.co.uk. Yes, lovely. Yes, and it will all be kept anonymous. That was the last thing, wasn't it? Mm, yes, always. I don't know why I'm losing the script all of a sudden. Oh, well, I think we're just too distracted by all the fun times. Yes. Okay, goodbye, everyone. (laughs) See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.